Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. I'm excited to come to you today and uh, give you a little like, juice in the tank, if you will. I want to talk about something that has probably been one of the key ingredients to my own success and has taken me out of the ranks of despair and poverty to not only taking care of myself and my own family, but taking care of the, my generations to come and being able to build a business that allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do. And in that case was to try to help as many people as I could. You know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die to get there. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. There's an awful lot of folks talking about purpose and living their purpose and living their dream, but you got to do something. You got to do something. You got to excel at something. You got to do something that pays the bills. You got to do something that might allow you to invest some money to buy you some time so you can really use your time to impact your fellow man if you want. And so I, I get all the time people want to be speakers and they come to me for advice and I get hundreds of letters a year. How do I be a speaker or a presenter? And I always say, why don't you go be successful at something first and then talk about it? And it's amazing how many times I don't get a second follow-up because the answer is no, I want to do that. I, I want the accoutrements or the feeling of whether it's being on a stage or getting an ovation or getting this feedback or even compensation but the real deal is I don't want to earn it. And the truth of the matter is if you want to do something of permanent value, you need to go and succeed and achieve in a certain area. And so what's happened for me here recently is I recently had some arthroscopic knee surgery, clean up a meniscus and some cartilage damage and things like that. And it's been ironic because it's put me right back in the spot of where I was when I first came to America. So it's been interesting, like all of a sudden trying to get around on the crutches and not being able to move and not being able to sleep and, you know, Beverly and the fam's on the go and there's a couple of times I've been home by myself trying to figure things out and it was funny at the time I laughed out loud a little plum party, Zig Ziglar used to call it, which is a poor little old me party, where I got up, it took me forever just to get upright after, like the day after, whatever, once the meds wore off, as they say. I get on the crutches, I'm tooling around, I'm like a platypus on land and I get to the fridge, and the fridge was empty, and I couldn't find a water, and this and any other night. And I said out loud, man, you haven't come very far in 33 years, have you, Buffini? This is where you were when you were 19, and I'm right back in the same bloody spot. And so it's been interesting. I also had some family that came over from Ireland, my uh, Uncle Jackie and his wife and his son, my cousin, and they've been over, and they've been asking all kinds of questions. And they said to me, we were sitting down having dinner at the house, and they were asking me during this time, Brian, we never really heard the whole story of how you made it. Like, hey, we know you. We know where you came from. And we know some of the things you say at the seminars. and But I got a chance to share with them, you know, where I started from. When I had my motorcycle accident and I had, you know, six weeks being in hospital. I had gangrene. I got 13 surgeries over the course of two years and I was dead broke. But right when I first got injured, I mean, I was a young immigrant. I was 19. I didn't know anybody. My roommate was a tugboat captain. And at one stage, he was out to sea for six weeks while I was home, you know, with my leg and an ankle-to-hip cast. And I had three grapefruit in a refrigerator. And that, I kid you not, I had to live for almost a couple of weeks on three grapefruit. 
very, very desperate times. And as I'm sharing, like, the things I did and I told them about it, and I'm not going to get into all that today because it sounds almost a little too self-aggrandizing, but I, I was just sharing the story. They're like, well, how'd you get food? And I, well, I, I took a pedal off a bike and I put a wood board on the bike and I put the leg up there and I cycled around a place called La Jolla with one leg and I knocked on the door of a, a store and the outside of the store needed painting. And I said, hey, I'm a painter. Can I do this? And the fella says, you can paint with one leg. And I said, yeah. And he said, what will you charge me? And I said, I don't know. You tell me what it's worth. And he said, well, you go ahead and I'll tell you at the end. And I did it in a couple of days. And he paid me 750 bucks. And then another store owner gave me another job. And off to the races I went. And my dad's brother, Jackie, who's my godfather, actually, he's sitting there and his mouth is open. And he goes, man, you were just hustling. You were just hustling. I said, yeah, well, I had to. And then I said to him, Jackie, I've never stopped hustling. I've never stopped. And it's 33 years later and things are obviously good. And he said to me, sounds like something you should do a podcast on, Brian. Because I don't see a lot of people hustling too much anymore. And I started to think about that. And I've had a, a few weeks of recovery and so on and so forth. And I, I've had to go to all these different treatment places and all these different stores. And I'm doing a bunch of errands that I'm kind of catching up on for the past three weeks. And as I go about my day, I'm interacting with so many people now. And so many folks, it appears to me, they're just kind of going through the motions. They seem to be overly preoccupied with online, social media. I just saw the CFO of Spotify, whose stocks are through the roof, and he used to be the CFO of Netflix. They said, well, how do you think the stock's doing? He says, the stock is doing great. It's going to do great. He said, because people have an insatiable appetite for entertainment content. He goes, we have not been able to satiate it. And it reminds me of a book I read a long time ago from a fellow by the name of Neil Postman. And this was a brilliant, brilliant book. Everyone's aware of Orwell's 1984. But the counterpoint to that was from Neil Postman. And he wrote a book in the same period that was entitled Amusing Ourselves to Death. I mean, if you want to see like a guy that foreshadowed today's world, this guy Neil Postman did. The premise of the book is our politics, religion, news, athletics, education and commerce have been transformed into congenial adjuncts of show business largely without protest or even much popular notice. The result is that we are a people on the verge of amusing ourselves to death. Now, when you hear this, this is from 1984. He says, Americans no longer talk to each other. They entertain each other. They do not exchange ideas. They exchange images. They do not argue with propositions. They argue with good looks, celebrities, and commercials. This is before the Internet was popular. This is long before social media. This is long before reality TV. And he was talking about it, you know, 35, 36 years ago, that we're amusing ourselves to death. And I see that with a lot of folks walking around. Another way to connect it would be like there's just a lack of eye contact with people. There's a lack of personal connection. You'll see it even on people on the road, you know, your car. I remember GM first coming out with the fact that the radio, the car radio is one of the most dangerous things they ever put inside an automobile because it put a car into entertainment mode. You watch people today and they're, they're on their phones and they're playing music. Sometimes they're watching stuff. And, and you know it, you see it. People just loosey-goosey driving because we're all in our own little world. I see it when it comes to service, people not being engaged, where people miss the fact that the small things in service are really the big things. Looking someone in the eye, the little details that are important to a customer. A smile, I just see it a lot especially younger folks, but I would say everything I just described is culturally across the board. 
But a lot of younger folks, rarely now do you see a younger person will connect with you, just lock in. And they'll be polite or courteous, but not lock in. And that's that little bit, I think, is the difference. And it's that little bit. When I was talking to my godfather and when I was explaining to these guys how I dug myself out of terrible circumstance within three decades to put myself in a situation where I just said to you, my family is set, my kids are set, and pretty much their kids are set. I get to do work that I love every single day that impacts all kinds of people. I think we're 7 million downloads on the podcast. And this is the podcast has been like a little hobby for me in addition to my work with Buffini and Company and coaching and training and doing all the events. And that's because of this next little thing. And it's called Do the Hustle and having a bit of hustle. Now, Do the Hustle was a song that I loved as a kid. I remember I was eight years of age when this song came out. It was in 1975. And the band was Van McCoy and the Soul City Symphony. And this song went to number one on the Billboard charts during the summer of 1975. It won the Grammy for Best Pop Instrumental Performance in 1976. And this is a song, we're allowed to play 10 seconds of it. I want you to download this song. I want you to play this song because following this podcast, I want this to be one of your mantras for going about your day and going out your business. It's called Do the Hustle. Danny, just fire it up a little bit there. Take me back to the 70s. If you like. Do the hustle. Do the hustle. Oh, yeah. Come on. Do those John Travolta moves. Come on. Oh, the best. Just the best. I'm sorry. I know I'm sounding like an old grandpa. Get off my lawn and the music's better than it was. But it was just great stuff. The song has five words in the whole song. It says, Do the hustle. And then a couple of times they just say, do it. And that's the whole song. And there are long periods of time where it's just an instrumental. But it's a great deal. And it's a great deal to remind yourself of one of the key ingredients for success. We're about mindsets, motivations, and methodologies success. This little audio clip, this little soundbite, that song, if you download it, can be a great reminder of what the difference is. Of perhaps you living the life of your dreams. Of perhaps you setting yourself up 20 years from now that your family and your family's family is set up for life or that you're doing work that you dearly love that makes a difference you're able to support yourself to the point you can give your time away for free to causes and things that really really mean something to you and what's separating you doing the hustle hustle is a very very powerful powerful thing so i'm going to give you a definition of hustle and there's a difference between hustle and being a hustler right and we know the negative connotation of being a hustler This is about doing the hustle, okay? So let me give you a definition. First of all, it's a force of action or persuasion. A force of action or persuasion. You know what? I think the people who know me best would use that language to describe me as a person. I'm a force of action and persuasion. And I was shocked when I saw the definition. I went, well, that feels like me. And you know what? It keeps me young. It keeps me on fire. It keeps me on purpose. It keeps me on point. And not the be-all and end-all of anything, but the reason I say that is I've always felt that I was a man of average talent, but I don't think I'm a person of average hustle. And so it's a very, very powerful thing. And the noun of hustle is busy movement or activity. And so I'm going to share with you some thoughts today because we don't want to just be busy with activity. The big difference between productivity and activity, but I I think we want to have a force of action towards those things that are meaningful, those things that are high priorities, those things that are sometimes the more difficult things to do, 
the things we don't want to do, the disciplines, whether it's eat right and exercise, whether it's do lead generation for your business and take care of your finances, whether it's personally, you know, doing the things it takes to build relationships and connect or reconnect, the difficult things. And so a force of action. And I think if you want to be a force for good, you got to have a force of action. Okay. So here's three points for you today on how to do the hustle. First, pick up the pace. Second, create a sense of urgency. It's one of the key ingredients. And then third, and this is very important for lifestyle reasons, increase the heat without burning out. Increase the heat without burning out. And so just a few thoughts on this to give you some juice for the day and help you do the hustle. The best thing I can do for you is get you to download that song and that every time you hear that song, it's a trigger point for you to pick up the pace. You know, the great Will Rogers says, even if you're on the right track, You'll get run over if you just sit there. And that's what I've seen. In 25 years of leading the largest business coaching company in the country, I see a lot of folks who are on the right track. But sometimes there's just not enough hustle there. And so people get run over. They get run over by the market. They get run over by disruption. They get run over by the competition. They get run over by their own negative thoughts. So even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Time to pick up the pace. Another great quote from Arthur Schopenhauer said, just remember, once you're over the hill, you begin to pick up the speed. That's a nice thing. Let's say age-wise, you might be over the hill. Great. Pick up the pace. Okay. The other dynamic to that is we always talk about in the working by referral system is that there's a compounding effect to your work. And so one of the dynamics you're trying to get to is to get over the hump, to get over the hump so it picks up the pace. So very, very powerful. Okay. Greg LeMond, who was just a champion cyclist, won the Tour de France on numerous occasions, said it never gets easier. You just go faster. And he knew how to pick up the pace, and that's why he was a champion. So when you want to do the hustle, sometimes you need to pick up the pace. And I think if you look at your day, see, this is what it's about. It's not taking everything and throwing it in the trash can. But are there areas in your day that you can pick up the pace? So for me, I've always had what I call a power hour. And I close the door, and it's like skin and hair flying. I shut off my phone. I don't look at emails, and I go to it. The other day, I had some cabinets built. You know, me being home, I mean, Beverly is so thankful when I'm back at work because me being home, every little thing that can be altered is being altered. So I had some cabinets built for me and so on and so forth. And I had a long-term project of some paperwork and filings and this and that and the other that I really wanted to get organized. And so I was just, boom, I just have a power hour. Shut the door and skin and hair flying. Here's the second part about doing the hustle, is create a sense of urgency. Now, a sense of urgency I have always found to be in anyone I've ever met, interviewed, connected with, or have a relationship with who's very successful. That sense of urgency is there. And it's a sense of urgency without being a sense of tyranny or being full of anxiety. It's this sense of urgency. A little zip on the fastball. Jim Rohn, one of my great mentors, said, without a sense of urgency... Desire loses its value. Oh my gosh, what a quote. Without a sense of urgency, desire loses its value. So desire is that emotion that you have. It's that aspirational quality. It can connect with an ambition. It can connect with a goal. And you have this desire. But without a sense of urgency, your desire loses its value. That is awesome. And also true and also devastating. So we need to create a sense of urgency. Can we create a sense of urgency about everything? No, we freak ourselves out. That's why you have to prioritize what it is you're trying to get accomplished. 
What are your more important things? What are your most important things? For example, if you're in business and you're serving somebody, hopefully you believe that serving your customer and exceeding their expectations is your highest value. Therefore, when you're interacting with your customer, when you're thinking about their needs, there's a sense of urgency to that. If they're having to bring up their concerns to you, you're behind the pace. If they're having to say, you know, this is one of my fears or this is one of my concerns, or it starts to show itself up, you're not thinking about them. And, you know, like I say, I got sent home from the surgery, great surgeon, whatever else. They didn't give me a set of crutches. Now, I happen to have a set of crutches at home because I have a house full of athletes. So this guy was brilliant at surgery. He's one of the top guys in town. But just that little detail. I showed up with the crutches, and they're like, oh, great, that's good. Yeah, let me adjust them for you. Well, I'd have been struggling for three days at home by myself, crawling around the ground. It's that sense of urgency. And so when you have it, it changes everything, especially in the area of service. John Cotter, who's a Harvard professor, said, a higher rate of urgency does not imply ever-present panic, anxiety, or fear. It means a state in which complacency is virtually absent. Well said, Professor. Okay. So it's just powerful, you know, so you want to pick up that pace. You want to have that sense of urgency. You're not being complacent, okay? It's very, very powerful. Leonardo da Vinci said, I've been impressed with the urgency of doing. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Being willing is not enough. We must do. That's why this podcast is mindset, the thinking, motivation, the heart, and then methodologies, the action, the hands, what you actually do with it, okay? powerful stuff and then the last thing I want to share because this is very important and I've sometimes made mistakes here is increase the heat without burning out increase the heat without burning out and so I have on occasion as a younger man I've had so much heat right I've so much fire so much desire that I would go 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 until I collapsed the only time I ever took breaks was when I got sick it was like a welcome thing you know it'd be after a big long season of work or whatever else and then christmas holidays would come up and i'd be sick and it was because i had the desire i had the drive but i didn't know how to manage it so it's like learning how to use the clutch so here's a couple of thoughts on this first of all be intentional be intentional so you start with your goals you start with your priorities and then you take a look at your to-do list whether it's a to-do list for the day the week you know, you lay it all out and you, okay, and that's where I'm going to really focus. Got to do that, okay? One of my favorite ice cream stores across the country, I always love taking the kids there. It's a place called Coldstone. And maybe you have one in your local area. It's handmade ice cream and they use the hand tools and they put whatever toppings inside and they mix it all up and give them a tip and they ring a bell or do stuff like that. But one of my favorite things is they have three sizes for their ice cream. And I think it's one of the most important prioritization statements I ever heard. The three sizes are like it, love it, gotta have it. Like it, love it, gotta have it. And I think in reverse is how I do projects when I'm working on the strategy for the company or the charities I'm involved or whatever I'm helping someone out and then looking at my own personal calendar. When I'm looking at my priorities, when I'm looking at my schedule, it's gotta have it. Like gotta have this, gotta have this. Oh, I'd love to have this and I'd like if we got this done. And so, got to have it, love it, like it. That's how I prioritize. That allows me to be intentional. That allows me to do this. Increase the heat without burning out. So, I increase the heat on the got to have it's. And once I have the got to have it's, then I turn it down a little on the love it's. 
and I'll turn it down again on the likeness. So not everything's crisis, not everything's important, not everything's of equal value, just like nothing in life is. So that's how you can increase the heat without burning out. The next thing is, you know, I always hear that life is a marathon. Well, the highest performers say life is a series of sprints, okay? A great book written years ago called The Power of Full Engagement. Jim Lair and our good friend Tony Schwartz. And it's all about the highest achievers. They go hard, take a break. Go hard, take a break. Go hard, take a break. And so that's how you can increase the heat without burning out. So pick your spots. Go hard. Like I say, I have a power hour. It's 24 hours in a day. I do not have 24 power hours in a day. Not happening. But if I have one a day, I've had a good day. And then lastly, I'll give you a quote that my great friend and mentor Lou Holtz did, and it's called WIN. It stands for What's Important Now. Now, Lou Holtz took over six losing football teams, and in each case, within two years, he took that losing team to a bowl game. Head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, I mean, record setter, national champion, brilliant, brilliant guy, great motivator. But he would set the tone for his team, he would set the tone for his coaching staff. He would set the tone for the organization and administration. And he would say, what's important now? Which means, again, a prioritization of what's important as it pertains to winning, as it pertains to accomplishment. If you're in a business, it's very important that you're a business that makes money. What's important now? If you're a service business and it's taking care of customers, what's important now to the customer? If it's a health issue, what's important now? And so it allows you to go through your areas. Financial, every area of your life, what's important now? It's a great question. Brian Tracy said every single moment shapes our future. Be intentional, live on purpose, okay? Another quote I love says, intentional living means making choices in your life based on your greatest values, not the habits of others, based on your greatest values. And we know this sense of urgency, picking up the pace, doing the hustle, this all allows you to live out your values and achieve. So that's what I had for you today. It's just a little gift. It was a gift from having a few weeks sitting on the injured reserve list. A few weeks having surgery on the same leg. It brought me back 33 years ago. Having a visit from out of town from my godfather, my dad's brother, Jackie, and having to share my story in its totality because these folks know me. They knew me as a kid. And they wanted to fill in some of the pieces. And as I filled in the pieces for them, and I don't really fill in the pieces all the time, because I'll just be candid with you, it sounds like you're tooting your own horn the whole time. But one of the things that came up as I was talking to my family was this concept of hustle. And so I want you to do the hustle. I want you as a practical matter to listen to this podcast again. I want you to download Van McCoy and the Soul City Symphony's song and I want you to listen to it. Maybe you're on an appointment. Maybe you're going to a workout. Maybe you're working out while listening to the podcast and you're going to put the do the hustle in there. And you just speed up for a little bit. You get fired up and you bring a sense of urgency. So pick up the pace, create a sense of urgency and increase the heat without burning out. I hope this has been helpful for you today. I hope this allows you to do the hustle. I hope this allows you to live a more successful life. And the original hustler is my mom. And before I leave you today, I'll have her say a little Irish blessing because that woman's lit a fire under me. She just celebrated her 89th birthday and she's been lighting a fire under me my whole life and I'm my mam's son and so she's the ultimate at doing the hustle. Until next time, God bless. 
May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. <laughs>